Oh, listen, dear one, I am thrilled to announce I have a brand new private coaching container opening up called Full Immersion Coaching. This is you and me working together privately as I become your mentor and soul guide for an entire year, providing you with the full support you need to grow a massively successful and prosperous heart-led business. To get all the details, DM me on Facebook or Instagram or send an email to allison at allisonscammell.com and say, tell me more about Full Immersion Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you. Hey ho, dear ones. I have a deep and meaningful episode for you today. And I just want to dive right into it without too much small talk at the beginning of the episode. And we're going to be unpacking the TV series Ted Lasso, which aired on Apple TV. And if you've seen the series, maybe you loved it, maybe you didn't, kind of doesn't matter. What matters more (laughs) is what the show represented and the themes that came out of the show. If you haven't seen it, I invite you to do yourself a favor. I don't think you have to subscribe to Apple TV's monthly payment plan or whatever. You can just buy the series. And I recommend doing it because it's three seasons and it is really, really fantastic television watching. But the series touched me on a real soul level. And I saw so much of my own experience and the experience of my husband through Ted Lasso in really profound ways. I don't watch a lot of television. I get pickier and pickier of finding series and and even movies that really speak to me. And so it's rare that I should be so touched by a TV series to the point where I had to mourn the final episode a little bit. I had to go into a little period of mourning that it was over. So the show really did touch me. And I really do believe the reason why it touched me and so many people is because it does reflect the evolution of human consciousness. And what that means is the collective consciousness is evolving. At its core, that just means that we have the capacity energetically to vibrate at higher frequencies. That's really what that means. And when we are vibrating at higher frequencies, that correlates to emotional states. The more joyful the emotion, the higher we are vibrating. So if we can vibrate higher and higher and higher, we're feeling more and more and more joy. We're reaching more and more enlightened states. And the more joyful and enlightened we experience for ourselves, that's how we reflect each other. That means we will love each other deeper. That means we will see our similarities and not our differences. That means we will think about the greater good and not what is just good for ourselves. 
that means we will heal deeper, love deeper, connect deeper. It means we will evolve to systems that enable everyone to thrive and not just the haves. So in today's episode, I reveal how Ted Lasso became one of my life coaches, how the TV series is reflecting the evolution in human consciousness and what exactly that means for you. We'll end on an invitation that'll have you expanding and evolving to the next level of your potential. So please stay with me until the end. Welcome to Soul Guide Radio, a podcast for soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs here to bring about change on a massive level. We'll explore how you can activate your big soul mission, amplify your spiritual gifts, and clear the energy blocks weighing you down so you can gain unstoppable momentum in life and business. I'm Allison Scammell, your host and soul guide. Hello, Soul Guide Circle. That is the name of this global community of soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. In the Soul Guide Circle, we are pursuing our soul-guided dreams while lifting up humanity. Find a link to join our closed Facebook group at allisonscammell.com or in the show notes. Today, we're talking about the TV series, Ted Lasso. And I want to say here that there will be many, many spoiler alerts. And if you haven't seen the series, I'm going to make you want to watch it. But here's the thing. Even though I will be offering spoiler alerts, I feel like listening to this podcast episode before you actually watch the series would enable you (laughs) to experience the series in entirely different eyes and in a different energy. But I will let you decide if it's something you want to watch and you haven't yet. Hit pause here watch it, then come back to this episode and listen to this episode. Otherwise, keep listening because I've got some really beautiful gold nuggets to share with you. Let's start with how did I come to think about this (laughs) as an episode? Well, it started with my good friend and peer, Anna Sui, and she and I were voxing back and forth. We like to unpack big topics and ask each other provocative questions. And she is working on a little methodology on how you can really deeply serve others. And she has a philosophy that we hire coaches based on the wounds we have as children, based on the needs we didn't get from our parents or our families or our support structures. And those childhood wounds of where we we didn't get our needs met, we look for coaches who will specifically meet those needs. And so she was taking me through her process and she asked me, well, what was a need that you didn't get met as a child? And for me, it was very clear. I worked very hard. I played basketball and I wasn't that good. (laughs) And I lived in a community where basketball was absolutely the number one sport. And I think, ironically enough, I would have been an absolutely brilliant soccer player, but we didn't have access to soccer when I was a kid. 
So I played basketball and I worked really, really, really hard. And I made it to about above average, but that was after a whole heck of a lot of hard work. And I used to play practice every day in our Quonset on our farm. And every day I would walk out there and my dad would say, why don't you get your brothers? Go get your brothers. They need to practice too. And he never once said, hey, Allison, you know, I see how hard you work. And, you know, I'm not sure basketball is really your sport, but this is what you have available to you now. But you keep working and you keep going and you're going to find your thing and you're going to be flipping brilliant at it. Okay. (laughs) And maybe that's asking a lot. I'm, you know, a master certified life coach. So these are the type of things I do say to my daughter, but I think I have pretty amazing parents and I don't fault them for not saying that to me, but be that here nor there, it was a wound of mine. And some of the stories I took away from that was boys are more valuable than girls because my dad never really saw how hard I worked and all he wanted was for my brothers to really be successful and that their success was more valuable than my success. So I took that to mean that boys are more valuable. And then I didn't accept that (laughs) at all. And it got me into a proving energy for years of my life where I will show you, I will prove to you just how valuable I am. And I became an overachiever because of it, because I had this thought that I have to prove to my father and to everyone just how valuable I am. And I do that by success, by status, by salary success, status success. So I spent years, decades of my life in a real energy of proving that I am valuable. And that I, as a girl, as a woman, am just as valuable or more valuable than any of my male counterparts. So getting back to Anna's exercise with me, we clearly identified my wound that I've been working on for years, and I still work on it to this day, which wasn't big T trauma, I'll be the first to say. I have have 10,000 coaching hours under my belt, so I have heard stories of really shitty childhoods. I did not have that, and I'm the first to admit it. It was little T trauma, but it stayed with me my whole life, and it had a whole big impact on how I lived and how I saw myself. So some of us have the big T trauma, and I'm here to be the compassionate witness to that if that's you, but we all have little T trauma, and Little T trauma has a big impact on our life, and it's also significant. So getting back to Anna's exercise, her next question was, think of someone famous on the news, on TV, you know, someone in the spotlight who you think embodies those things embodies the things and models the things that you wish had been modeled and given to you as a child. 
and I couldn't think of anybody. She had thought of Amal Clooney, who is someone who's beautiful and stylish, and she's an international human rights lawyer. She's, you know, doing big things in the world, and she seems to own her beauty. And I thought that's a cool example. But I just couldn't think of anybody. I was thinking of famous life coaches, and nobody was coming to me. And then as I was walking my dog Astrid through the dunes, I thought, it's Ted Lasso. (laughs) Ted Lasso would have given me that which I so badly wanted as a child. Ted Lasso, the character, yes, the fictional character, would have seen me walking to the Quonset to put in a couple hours of practice to say, damn, Allison, good job. I see how hard you work. I'm proud of you. It doesn't matter if you get to play or if you start. Dang, you're working hard. Well done. And if you don't get to play and you don't get to start, maybe it just means basketball is not your sport. And you're going to find your sport. You're going to find your thing because you are talented. You are gifted. Hey, and if you want, I'll help you find your thing if it's not basketball. And then I'll cultivate you so that you can really, really shine and use your genius in that thing. That's what I craved as a child. I think maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you yearn for something similar or some variation of that. So then Anna said, okay, cool, cool, cool. But that's a fictional character. Can you think of a real person? And I said, well, funny enough, my husband listens to this soccer podcast called Men in Blazers. And it's about a guy from Liverpool who moved to, I think he lives in New York City, and he offers a soccer commentary for the American audience. And so this guy is a really, really fantastic podcaster. (laughs) And he had as guests on the show, Jason Sudeikis, who plays Ted Lasso, and the actor Brendan Hunt, who plays his assistant coach, Beard. And I haven't mentioned the premise of the show yet, if you haven't seen it, and I promise to get to that in one sec. And Jason said in this podcast episode that he was not a method actor. (laughs) So I took that to mean if he's not a method actor, then he's kind of playing himself when he's playing Ted Lasso. So maybe this guy is this super nurturing, kind, compassionate person that Ted Lasso portrays. So let's just imagine this is true. And then Anna said to me, okay, so now We're playing with Jason Sudeikis, the actor. What do you think that Jason's parents instilled in him that enabled him to be this kind person and to see how hard you work and to see your gifts and to help you find that thing that you can do to really enable your gifts to shine? And so I thought about it. And I came back with truth and kindness, which keep returning to me as a theme in my life because I really feel that truth and kindness is a core of my unique genius. And so what that means is 
what I imagine that his parents instilled in him is a sense of truth, finding your truth, finding your unique gifts. And if it's not basketball, then what is it? Because you do have gifts and there is always going to be a way for you to express your gifts, your genius in a way that really lights you up and serves others at the same time. And kindness, you guys. Have you really thought about kindness and how important it is? True kindness. You know, it's something I say about truth. The truth may hurt. The truth may set you free. But the truth is always kind. There's always an innate kindness and truth, even if it's very difficult to hear. Kindness to ourselves. Kindness to one another. It is the way we are wired to be. Imagine a world where everyone at their core was kind. It doesn't mean they're passive or weak or it actually means the opposite of that. To me, when I see real genuine kindness, I see someone who's strong and secure and healthy and embodied. So it just came to me that Jason Sudeikis says parents, because <laughs> we're imagining Ted Lasso's reflection of Jason Sudeikis, that his parents instilled in him truth and kindness. And that is what enabled him to birth this character, Ted Lasso, and to be Ted Lasso. This character who just won the hearts of so many people, myself included. And I am not an easy heart to win when it comes to these types of things. So this is how Ted Lasso became my life coach. And it runs much deeper than that. And of course, I'll start crying. We have two kids that live in the United States. We're a blended family. They live with their mom. I'm deputy mom. And my husband and I live in the Netherlands. And you know, Ted was a dad. Oh, I suppose I'm going to finally get to the premise of the show for those who haven't seen it. So Ted Lasso is a American football coach from Kansas, or I don't know if that's where he's from. He's got a Southern accent. So I don't know if people from Kansas have Southern accents or not, but he comes from, that's where he was working as a coach and he gets hired for this premier league to be the coach of this premier league football as in soccer team in England because the owner of the football team recently acquired the football team in a divorce and she wanted to run the team into the ground to get her ex-husband back to seek revenge. So she did this extremely uncharacteristic thing and hired this American football coach of American football who didn't know anything about soccer. And so Ted Lasso came over with his sidekick Beard to coach this Premier League team. My husband happens to be mad for soccer. He grew up playing soccer. He is like an encyclopedia of soccer, which he would only call football. And for my American audience, I'm trying to like be clear what sport I'm talking about. So I will use soccer, but it will make my husband's ears cringe because for him, there's only one football and that's what they play in the UK and in Europe. 
and around the world, of course. And Ted Lasso's character had gone through a divorce and his son was back in Kansas. Isn't it crazy that a TV series could have this effect on me? I'm telling you guys. And he was so torn about where he should be in the world. Should he be following his dream? Should he be back there with his son? And that theme didn't really get played out too much until the very end when he realized he wanted to go home to be closer to his son. And my husband and I have been on this journey of, you know, where should we be in the world? Where is the best place for us to be? To be parents, to be people, to be creatives, to be earning money, to be all the things that we need to be. And we realize that it's a long story and potentially a topic for another episode, but we realized in our hearts that where we wanted to be was the Netherlands and that we can really be good and loving parents and give the kids what they need, even if it looks a little imperfect. But it really touched my husband and I, this choice he made to walk away from such a big opportunity to choose his son. And I think it gets back to, isn't that what you want your parents to do for you? To choose you, no matter what, no matter what big opportunity there is out there. Isn't that what we all want? So let's get into how this TV series is reflecting the evolution of human consciousness. And I believe it's one of the reasons why it was so popular, because we're craving now the things we are evolving to, and we've been craving it. And the more we evolve, the more we realize that we cannot live without it. It's like the more you aligned that you, you get in your life, the more aligned you are in your energy and following your dreams and having healthy boundaries up, the more you feel it when you're just a teeny tiny bit out of alignment. So this TV series was giving us something that we're all really craving on a core level. And I'm going to be highlighting three main core things that it really brought out. First and foremost, in the series, you see people who are kind. People are kind to each other. There's tension in the storyline, and you have a person who is being a jerk here and there. But when you look at the series as a whole, how people interacted with one another was kind. It was a series about people being kind to one another. Whilst most series we watch, most television series we watch, it, it's what creates the story tension. People are jerks. People are assholes. But this was a, a, a series of the main characters over and over and over again, modeling kindness, what it means to be truly kind. And certainly Ted Lasso at his very core was a kind human being and forgiving his primary antagonist, Nate, 
Oh, and we're going to be talking about Nate, you guys. The relationship of Nate the Great. And Nate got redemption. Nate, oh, so much character development. I can't even, I don't even know where to start there. But here, the main protagonist of Ted Lasso, or one of them, he forgave him. He forgave him again and again and again when everyone was telling him not to. It was kindness. At its core, forgiveness is also kind. There's a loving energy to it. And it was just so soothing and reassuring to see people just acting kind to each other without huge plot twists and turns. There are not a lot of big plot twists and turns in this series. But we ate it up watching people be truly kind to one another. Secondly, this series modeled healing, you guys. Healing. Ted Lasso's character wasn't perfect. He had anxiety attacks. Big ones. He went to a counselor. He resisted it at first. He thought, I don't need a counselor. But then the counselor proved that she knew what she was talking about and that counseling actually works. Characters were cracking open. Roy was one of the great characters of the series. They were all so great. He was this gruff, gruff character who was always using the F word. And he was so closed off and sort of angry. And he was a a great footballer who retired and then became a coach on on this fictitious team, FC Richmond. And you guys, listen, the mascot of FC Richmond is a greyhound. And you guys know... I'm always talking about my greyhound Astrid and telling a thousand stories about her. She's the mascot of my life. And the greyhound is the mascot of Richmond, which I makes the show even better. Just sort of takes it over the top for me. But you guys, these people were healing. Rebecca, who went through this terrible divorce and she was always in her husband's shadow. She healed She came out of her shell. She and Ted became really good friends. Of course, there was always a little tension there for would there be a love affair between the two of them or not? There was definitely deep love. But would that deep love turn romantic? And of course, I really wanted it to. I was rooting so hard for Ted and Rebecca. And maybe just one good kiss scene they could have given us. Maybe Ted Lasso will come back if my prayers get answered. Ted Lasso will come back in some way, shape, or form, and there will be at least one steamy kiss between Ted and Rebecca because the chemistry between those two was just so fantastic. Keely was another great character. So many great characters. So much healing. And what they did? What did they do? Sorry, I'm thinking of another one. Jamie Tart. So much healing. He He had an abusive father. And it showed his road to healing. And that, that's what the show was. It modeled healing. It wasn't shoot him up scenes. It wasn't who was the murderer. It was kindness and healing. And lastly, and maybe in some ways this touches me the deepest, 
It was Ted modeling how to pull out of each and every person he came across their unique genius. What made them so great. And one of the greatest storylines of the show is when he took Nate, who was the kit boy, you know, he was like the water boy and the kit manager, and he saw that this kid was actually had a genius football mind and would make a tremendous coach. And he pulled him out of being a water boy to being an assistant coach. And then, of course, this is the guy who goes on to betray Ted, and then Ted forgives. And it's a beautiful relationship between the two characters. But he saw Nate's talents when nobody else saw it. Certainly his parents didn't see. Another great aspect of the show, how Nate's parents loved him, really loving people, but they didn't truly see Nate's gifts the way Ted Lasso did. And he pulled them up and put him in a place where his gifts could shine. And that was happening in many, many different aspects of the show. Rebecca did a tequila, who was this character who was the pretty girl who dated the footballers. And she was a model and maybe she did reality TV, but Rebecca saw that Keeley was actually a brilliant promoter and marketer. And she put her in a position where her gifts could shine. And maybe one of the greatest characters and most lovable characters was Sam, who was a top football player who came from Nigeria. And he was fighting his government and this Nigerian billionaire over human rights. And again and again and again, choosing integrity and choosing human rights over his reputation, over his ability to play on the Nigerian national team. He chose human rights. He chose humanity. He stood up to the power structures. And it was so nice to see that. He chose to do the things that you just want those who have power and influence to do. And you so rarely see it actually happening. You so rarely see those with true power and influence like a famous footballer truly standing up in a way that would tarnish his reputation, his salary, his ability to advance his career, standing up for what's right. And it was so nice to experience. So what does this all mean for you? Well, I think that this series tapped into three core needs that we have. And now that we are evolving to higher consciousness, we will no longer be okay without it. It will no longer be okay to not have these three core needs met. And the first is kindness. So my question for you is, how can you first and foremost, above all else, be kinder to yourself? And I want you to sit with that question. How can I be kinder to myself? It's easy to be kind to someone else often, not always. 
but it can be really, really hard to be kind to ourselves. And once you ask that question deeply and receive an answer, then and only then can you go on to the second question, which is how can I be kinder to others? How can I touch someone in a way that passes kindness on? And this touch can be so subtle. It doesn't have to be big acts. Typically, the acts of kindness that really penetrate another person deeply is soft and subtle. Looking them deeply in the eyes and saying, thank you, connecting to their energy. And I promise you, when you touch someone else with your kindness, they will take that and pass it on. It will be part of the ripple effect to higher consciousness. Kindness gets passed on. And it all starts with how can I be kinder to myself? Two, and you guys know how much this means to me. How can I heal myself? You've heard me say again and again and again, if you've been part of my world, healing is not part of the path. Healing is the path. What inside of me is ready to be healed today? And your journey to healing is really about you and you. (laughs) You can help others heal. You can help your kids heal. And you definitely should hold the space for that. But nothing will help you to heal the loved ones in your life than you focusing on your own healing. And, you know, talk about those core wounds that we have as a child. Guess what? Our parents have those same core wounds and they pass them on to us. It's ancestral wounds. It's part of our experience. It's not your parents' fault. They were doing the best they could. And I know that can be a tough pill to swallow if you've got big T trauma, but it's really true. And so when you really see that they just received that wound that they gave you from their parents... You can see the power you have. I'm not going to pass this wound on. And I tell you what, you guys, you're listening to me here right now. I will not pass on the wound, the wound that I received to Freya or to Sophie or, or to Alexander. And I look them in the eye and I say to them, I see how hard you work. I see how hard you try. And I'm going to be there to help you find your thing to express your genius because you will find it even if you haven't found it yet. And that is just one wound I refuse to pass on. How can I heal myself today? What teeny tiny little piece of a wound is ready to be released in this moment? And lastly, how Can I see clearer, brighter, deeper the gifts that are inside of me? The gifts that have been inside of me. The gifts maybe others haven't seen, but they are there. Maybe they're hidden. Maybe they're expressed, but they want to be expressed bigger. What is a gift inside of me? that's really ready to be expressed. 
And maybe I haven't found my vehicle. I haven't found my avenue. I haven't found my sport that really enables me to shine. But I'm not going to give up until I do. My invitation for you this week, my dear ones, is to go ahead and buy Ted Lasso the series and give it a watch because it is so worth it. And I really invite you to ask yourself these questions. Starting with you. How can I be kinder to myself? What is ready to be healed today? And what part of my gifts are really ready to be expressed so that I can be in deeper service to others? That's all I have for you on this very special episode that I've been thinking about for a really long time. And I was just waiting for just the right moment to tell it. And I'm recording this episode in my parents' basement. I'm looking out the window at the beautiful, beautiful prairies. My parents have just a gorgeous view out there, the backside of their house. And I'm staring out. I don't have any notes in front of me. So I probably should have done more research about the show and written out some notes. But to be honest, this is just all coming from my heart and service to you. And as always, until next time, may your soul guide the way. Are you ready to deepen your connection to your intuitive gifts? Then it's time for 10 High Vibe Minutes, the ultimate daily mindfulness practice for soul-guided leaders and entrepreneurs. In only 10 minutes per day, you'll keep your energy high vibe and aligned to your highest dreams while transforming your daily practice into a powerful tool to manifest big wealth and abundance. Get free access now on my website, alisonscammell.com or in the show notes.